Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. It's February 15, 2015 and this is episode 460. This week we complete our two-part series to walk you through 24 photos from the first of my two Japan Snow Monkeys and Hokkaido Winter Wonderland Wildlife Tours for 2015. As you're here today, the weather gave us some unique challenges on this tour, but as usual we handled the situation, had an amazing time and came away with some beautiful photos. We finished last week in the middle of day 6 when we were back with the Red Crown Cranes as there was falling snow which always makes the crane shots much more beautiful and the cranes themselves are generally more excited when it snows giving rise to spontaneous group dancing as you can see in this photo. It's often quite difficult to isolate just one or two cranes that dance or call but when they are almost all dancing in a group like this, it's hard to resist grabbing a shot or two. Not only does the snow clean up the ground, but having snow in the air really reduces the shot down to much more minimal elements, as it makes the background much cleaner too. I also like how there's that one crane on the right that is looking distinctly out of sorts, like someone at a party that is a bit afraid to dance with the rest of the group. In this next photo, a flock of hooper swans was flying in, or back it to the area. I'm not sure which it is, because the swans are often here just hanging out in the safety of the, of the reserve, but because there's a risk of them carrying avian flu, the wardens sometimes come out on a snowmobile and scare them away. It's really funny that the cranes know that the wardens only want to scare the swans so they all just continue to walk around and do their thing as the swans all take flight before they get run over by the snowmobile. Either way with the snow and trees at the back of the reserve then the swans in the air again I just couldn't resist making a few photos. In this shot I particularly like that easter egg style swan in the top left corner. I always like it when I find a little half hidden element like that in a photo. So this is a nice touch for me even though it was probably quite by accident in this case. I also think the cranes sort of scattered around the scene add something to raise this photo up a little bit. Looking at the EXIF data, I see that this next photo was shot about 90 minutes later and once again the Hooper Swans were in the air. I'd actually caught the aperture dial on my camera, probably as I lifted it off my bag as I'd just rushed back from lunch to shoot this. So instead of f11 as I'd meant to shoot this, I actually shot it at f7.1, so just over a stop over exposed. Luckily though, because Lightroom gives us an extra stop of wiggle room, I was happy to see that it didn't even think that this was overexposed, so I reduced the exposure slider in Lightroom by 0.9 and ended up with this lovely luminescent look in the sky and the swans just floating up there, so I decided to just roll with it. Still, it's better to not make the mistake in the first place, so 
I decided to use multifunction lock on all of my Canon cameras from now on to prevent this from happening again. I often set this up but rarely actually use the camera's lock switch until now. All you have to do is to go to the multifunction lock option in the custom functions menu and turn on everything that you want to lock with your camera's lock switch. I've turned on the, the main dial and the quick control dial, which are the ones that I tend to turn by mistake. Then after I've set my exposure, I just flick the lock switch on, on the back of the camera, and this now prevents me from accidentally changing my exposure. Turning the lock off is an extra step to do when you need to change something, but I've caught these dials often enough that I'm, I'm okay with this. During the third day with the cranes, there was a group of Ezo deer stags that kept coming in and out of the enclosure. I have a number of shots, but probably this next one is my favourite. I disengaged the 1.4x extender on the 200-400mm lens and shot this at 400mm, which is the same as 640mm with the 7D Mark II's crop factor. So this guy was way out there but I really wanted to include a bit of the environment in this photograph. I love the trees in the background and again the falling snow adds so much to these photographs. I'm really pleased that we were able to get back here on this third day. Well, as happy as we were that the snow had started to fall on our sixth day of the tour, as we made our way to Kawaiu where we were due to spend the next two nights and days shooting the Hooper Swans at Kusharo Lake, the weather started to really close in on us. We walk a fine line on these Hokkaido tours and after eight years of running these tours, we were finally locked down in our hotel at this time. When we woke up on the seventh day, all of the roads in and out of Kawaiu had been closed due to heavy snow. But that was just the start. Roads all over eastern Hokkaido were closing over the morning and Daosu, the fishing village that we were due to photograph the sea eagles in, had 180 centimetres of snow over the following day or so, totally isolating them and blocking the roads for a full four days. On the first day of the roadblocks, we spent a day in a room with my projector and did a whole day of workshops. The group was ready for a bit of a break by this point, and my presentations went down well, keeping the group productive and rested. In fact, we planned to do a half-day workshop at this point, so we only really added half a day to this initially. The following day, day 8 of the tour, we were scheduled to drive to Daosu, but we still couldn't leave the hotel. Needless to say, we weren't even able to go to the Hooper Swans just 15 minutes down the road, which was frustrating, but two years ago, when snow like this fell in Hokkaido, the day that our group left actually, a number of people died on the island. Some just a few paces from their houses, because they literally could not find their way back home, which is heartbreaking, so these safety measures are necessary unfortunately. We spent most of the day in the hotel, in the dining area, going through our images, doing little impromptu show and tells here and there, and helping each other with post-processing etc. 
Then, shortly before 3pm, our driver came to tell us that we could probably get down the road to Iozan or Sulphur Mountain, as the roads that far had been cleared. <laughs> Needless to say, we were all in our warm clothes and on the bus ready to go in lightning speed. We can only spend about 45 minutes near the fumaroles anyway, as the sulphur in the air starts to make your tongue go all tingly if you spend too long here, but it felt so good to get out in the cold, even though the trudge up to the fumaroles was pretty heavy going in the deep snow. Here's one of my shots from this brief afternoon respite. I used my new 100-400mm lens here to get in really close on one of the yellow steam bellowing fumaroles. Then I took this into NYX's Color Effects Pro to bring out some of the detail and texture. As much as we'd hoped the roads would clear by the end of day 8, when we should have been going to Naosu, the roads didn't open. In fact, by this time, the military had been called in and were digging the town out, as nothing had gotten in or out of the town for almost three days by this point. So we ended up staying a third night at Kawayu. The hotels are usually very full at this time of year, but of course, just as we couldn't leave, the next group couldn't get in, so we were fine to stay an extra night. After a lot of consideration between me and the company who I entrust with the logistics of my Japan tour, we decided to check the group out of our Kawayu Hotel on the ninth morning of the tour. We were going to take our chances that the roads into Daosu would open by the end of the day, but we also booked tentatively in hotels in a town at the closest point to Daosu that we could get if the roads did not open. As a bonus for the group, I talked a friend of mine, a local guide, into letting me take our group to two owl nests that we usually don't visit with such a large group. He knows me well and knows that my groups are always well behaved, so he cut us some slack. The result is the following two photographs. We visited two oral owl nests, both of which had not one but a pair of oral owls, this first photograph shows the first pair with their eyes half open as they keep their eye on the group, but get some rest at the same time. In another location there was a younger, smaller owl with a full-grown adult, in this incredibly cute pose. I used my 200-400mm lens with the one4 times extender engaged on the 7D Mark II, so these were shot at a hair under 900mm, so you can tell how far away this second pair was, but still, I love seeing these guys in their environment like this. After these two oral owl shoots, we went for lunch at a nearby hotel, and then started to drive over towards Daosu. There was an almost electric buzz on the bus, from the excitement of shooting the owls, and for a while, we almost forgot that we were still in the midst of a bit of a crisis getting over to our next location. Well, the group were happy and able to forget to a degree, but me and Yukiko, our tour conductor, and the back office team on the other end of the phone were frantically trying to decide whether or not we should actually lock in on our tentative midway bookings or continue 
to bank on the roads to Dausa opening. Then we got word that the roads between where we had our tentative hotel bookings and Dausa had just been closed and would not open again that day. By the time we called our hotels we'd lost a few rooms but we were able to find another and the group ended up in three different hotels in a town just outside the roadblocks. We all had dinner together and Yukiko and I split into two groups so that we were with the bulk of the participants. Bright and early the next morning we called and found that the roads from where we were staying to Daosu would open at 7.30am and the roads into Daosu would open at 7am so we wrangled the team together and after breakfast started to make a beeline for our special little fishing village on the Shiritoko Peninsula. Usually in Daosu, weather permitting, we go out for a dawn shoot on each of the three days that we spend there, and we have two hours photographing the incredible stellar sea eagles and white-tailed eagles. Unfortunately, the high winds had kept the seas high and broken up the sea ice that had been in the channel between Daosu and the Kunashiri Island, so a dawn shoot would have been called off anyway. But with two shoots abandoned, we arranged with the skipper of our boat to go out from 10am as soon as we arrived in Naosu. There was still some ice trapped in the harbour, which made for some great photographs, but the highlight for me was after I persuaded the skipper to take us outside the harbour walls and throw some fish into the sea, one by one of course, and give us a chance to shoot the sea eagles as they swooped down to catch the fish as we can see in this photo. You know, as much as I love it when we have great sea ice, I really love it when we can do this, as it looks much more natural to actually capture the eagles taking the fish from the water instead of from the top of a block of ice. Here I captured a stellar sea eagle throwing up a truckload of water as he snatched his fish from the sea. There was still a lot of swell, so our boat was rocking all over the place, and the eagles also had their jobs cut out grabbing the fish, but it did make for some beautifully dramatic splashes. Finally in Daosu we made the most of our time. We arranged for two more two-hour sessions the following day, so we actually ended up doing our three sessions as planned. I know that this might sound a little bit conceited, but one of the benefits of travelling with me in Japan is that I know the language and I have a great relationship with all of the people that we work with. And this not only makes for tours that run like clockwork when things are going well, but it really helps us to swing things around when circumstances out of our control threaten to put the mockers on our experience. We refuse to give in and we'll turn any situation around for our group. It's just what we do. Here's a shot of a white-tailed eagle gliding close to the surface of the water as he hones in on his fish. I love the action shots with all the spray, but this image really appeals to me too. The light from the sky and the distant mountains was really beautiful reflected on the water here, making these shots quite special in my opinion. And here's one final shot of a white-tailed eagle that is once again kicking up some water as he takes his fish from the sea. It's great when you actually get a good view of the fish, and this almost frontal view of the action really brings this shot to life. Note that 
Unknown last year I handheld the 200 to 400 millimeter lens on the 1DX for our three eagle shoots on each tour. This year the 100 to 400 on the 7D Mark II was the obvious choice. The focus issues that I've found with the snow monkeys running directly towards me don't really occur in these eagle shots. And although the success rate is still slightly lower than when I shoot with the 1DX, for a quarter of the price, the 7D Mark II really is turning out to be a great little camera. And the 100-400mm lens is astonishingly quick to focus and sharp as tacks. I'm not sure that I will, but I am seriously considering selling my 1DX at this point. I will keep the 200-400mm because... Having the 1.4x extender built right in and being able to shoot at almost 900mm with the 7D Mark II is too good to pass up, but the 1DX's days might literally be numbered. With just one night in Nausu, although we still got our three eagle shoots in, we had to hit the road after lunch and start to head around to the other side of the Shiritoko Peninsula to the town of Utoro for the last night of our tour. As you probably recall from previous years, one of the things that I love to do do during this drive is to stop at a grove of birch trees to do a little bit of intentional camera movement, as you can see in this photograph. For this kind of image, I like to set my shutter speed at around a 20th of a second, and with the light towards the end of the day here, this required an aperture of f14 at ISO 100 to get a nice exposure, with white whites and nothing overexposed. There are lots of ways of doing this sort of shot, but I like to swipe the camera downwards and release the shutter just as I expect the bottom of the trees to enter the frame. With practice you can do this quite consistently, but of course the speed at which you move the camera and the slightly different path that your vertical panning action moves the camera makes each frame subtly different. It's lots of fun though, and because we were doing this later in the day than we usually do, we have some beautiful late afternoon light hitting the sides of the birch trees giving us a lovely warm highlight along the right side of many of the trees. We spent our last night in Hokkaido in a wonderful hotel in Utoro with what is probably the best buffet in the whole of Japan. And although we have great food throughout these tours, the last night is always a special treat to finish with. I made a bit of a speech as I usually do and this time thanked the group for their cooperation and understanding about the challenging weather situation. The participants really were amazing on this tour and although I know that they appreciated the work that we put in to keep us as close to our original plan as possible, with a less understanding group the situation could have been made a lot worse. So I want to thank you all again here too as I know some of you will be listening. On the final morning, we went down and spent some time doing seascapes. The sea ice on the Utoro side of the peninsula was packed in right up to the shore and out as far as the eye could see. So we did some nice minimalist seascapes before moving on to the Oshinkoshin Falls for what would be our last shoot of the tour. The falls were beautiful and although the, the left falls were totally iced over, 
The trees around the top of the falls were all frozen over, as you can see in this photograph. So once again, I used the 100 to 400 millimeter lens to get in close and single out just the top of the falls. I used an ND8 neutral density filter to slow down the shutter speed to a quarter of a second at f16 ISO 100. And this is just about enough time to make the water go all silky, emphasizing the movement. After an hour shooting the falls, it was time to head towards the airport and get one last lunch together before heading back to Tokyo. As usual, I recorded a message from each participant as we headed down the coast. So I'll play that for you now. I think that's recording. All right, so we're, we're coming to the end of the trip. Um, it's been a, a very adventurous trip this for the first one of the wildlife tours this year. And a lot of weather locked us down for a few days, but we, we made our way around that and uh, fun, and ended up having a, you know, being able to do a lot of the things that we planned to do anyway. But uh, it was a, for me, it was, it was a fun trip. I've really enjoyed traveling with you all. And I, uh, I hope that you've enjoyed it too. And I'd like to just go around the bus and get a comment from each of you, if that's okay. So let's start, Jim, can you, can you give us a comment? Yes, uh, James Nabuango from Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, the wildlife uh, uh, photography on this tour was excellent and uh, the whole total experience very enjoyable. Thank you very much. Marie? Very exceptional trip uh, and very uh, big adventure with all the uh, weather we encountered but it showed also the resources uh, that were uh, and the ability of the organizers to uh, turn around on a dime and uh, uh, really made it uh, very enjoyable from beginning to end despite all the uh, weather. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you very much. Mary. Israel, the adventure was uh, amazing, the wildlife and the Hokkaido way of life is something which everyone should uh, learn and the trip was organized uh, almost perfect even when things uh, went uh, in different way because the weather and we enjoy it very much and thank you. Thank you. Uh, David from Israel, uh, I only want to say thanks. You uh, make my uh, soul very happy and rich. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll see. Hi, I'm Renat Chang from St. Louis. Uh, Martin's workshop exceeded all my expectations. Uh, Martin's a magician. Even during the one of the worst storms in Hokkaido, he was able to uh, get us good opportunities for great photographs. Um, so I highly recommend his workshops, and the food is great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is Lynn from College Station, Texas. I'd like to thank Martin, Yukiko, Trevor, and my travel mates for their many wonder for this wonderful experience. Their kindnesses will not be forgotten. The whole experience brought me great joy and some wonderful images that I'll like to look at for many years. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Paul from New Hampshire. Uh, the workshop it was an awesome experience. It far exceeded my expectations. The wildlife and 
the beauty of the of the countryside it was you know an unbelievable experience and I learned a lot Martin was excellent at you know helping me uh, further my photographic skills and I very much appreciate it thank you Hi, I'm Rick Andrews from Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. This is my first trip to Japan and my first uh, Martin Bailey uh, photographic workshop. And uh, I have to say the experience was uh, just fantastic. It was everything that I ever hoped it would be. We got to photograph all of the wildlife uh, as promised. And despite the weather, it turned out to be a fantastic workshop. So thank you. Thank you, Martin. My name is Deborah, and I'm from the United States. Uh, I found Hokkaido an amazing place to photograph. It's an incredibly beautiful landscape, and we had a, an opportunity to see incredible wildlife. Uh, I want to thank you, Martin, for your patience. I think now I'm comfortable shooting in manual no, exposure, yeah. so I hope I don't <laughs> revert to some of my old habits, and I hope I have the pleasure to travel with you again. Oh, thank thanks. you, Martin. Thank you, Martin. I'm Zach. I'm from Adelaide, South Australia. Um, well, whole trip was one big journey not only photography but also experience Japanese culture and I hope I'm better photographer end of the trip and thank you for give for your instruction and coaching and if anyone coming for the trip even is only four hours a day you sleep but it's worth every single minute of the trip is is don't expect it's holiday it's hard work but it's fantastic thank you thank you Martin Hi, Jen from New Zealand. Um, it's been not quite how uh, I think Martin and the team expected it to, to run. We have a, a saying in New Zealand, snafu, situation normal, all left up. So uh, having said that, it's been an amazing trip and uh, Martin and Yukiko and Okiwa-san have done a fantastic job keeping us on track. We've seen so much. We've got some great insights, not only into the wildlife, but into Japanese culture and into Hokkaido. And I, for one, will be back. Thank you. Hi, Janice from New Zealand. Um, the trip's been absolutely fantastic. Martin and his crew um, got us out of some sticky situations um, weather-wise um, and have thoroughly enjoyed it. And if I come away from with one thing from this whole trip, it's exposed to the right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, Hi, I'm Vic Tooley from uh, Toronto, Canada. Um, I thought the trip uh, as a whole was very exhilarating. Um, Nagano, uh, the uh, snow monkey experience, it's very playful, um, but for me the highlight was uh, Hokkaido. Uh, it's a very spiritual place and um, you quickly learn that the Japanese are uh, very much in tune with uh, nature and uh, uh, all in all it was a great experience. I feel technically more confident as a photographer and uh, I want to thank uh, Yukiko, uh, the uh, one of the coordinators, and uh, Martin for his uh, teaching. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, Chris. Hello, I'm Chris. I'm an American living in Tokyo. This is the third uh, workshop I've uh, joined uh, Martin on, and uh, I 
the others were, were wonderful, uh, but uh, this is the workshop, I think, that uh, started it all for Martin and for which he's famous, and it's easy to see why. He, uh, he knows all of the great places to go, uh, whether down in Nagano with the monkeys or up here in Hokkaido, uh, and his uh, incredible knowledge of, uh, of how to shoot wildlife uh, is something that uh, he's a delightful teacher. Uh, to have and uh, whether you're a dedicated wildlife photographer or like me a beginner uh, I think uh, anyone can who's interested in uh, in that field of photography can get a tremendous amount out of this workshop so Martin thank you so much thank you Chris it's always a pleasure okay so I'm gonna walk back down the bus now and get a comment from Yukiko our coordinator who makes everything happen so, would you like to say a few words? <laughs> Hi, I'm Yukiko from Yokohama. Uh, this is my first time in uh, such uh, very bad, uh, difficult conditions because of uh, bad, nasty weather. But I appreciate, honestly appreciate for all of my guests, uh, their kindness and cooperation. And, uh, and I appreciate for driver Oikawa-san and my boss Kobayashi-san and above Above all, uh, Martin San, uh, his uh, leadership and his decision and his courage as a professional photographer. Thank you very much. Arigatou gozaimashita. Okay, so um, I would like to just, uh, well, before I stop recording, I'd like to just say again for me, thank you very much to Yukiko for making things go so smoothly as usual. Thank you, Yukiko. And one, and one more also for Oikawa-san, our driver, for keeping us safe. Okay, so Yukiko wants to sing you a song. Uh, I'd like to sing a song, Japanese song, Enka. Enka, Japanese, uh, quite old, popular song, Enka. And the, the, mostly the theme of Enka is uh, love and heartbreaking, parting and home country but uh, this time I'd like to sing a song of uh, breaking heart of woman Tsugaru Kaikyo Fuyugeshiki Ueno つめないていました。ああ。津軽海峡冬景色。Thank you very much. Okay, so thank you everyone. It's been a pleasure traveling with you and I I really hope that I get a chance to do it again. Thank you very much for coming. And that brings us to the end of our travelogue of the 2015 
Winter Wonderland Tour 1. As I release this, I'll literally be heading out of the door to go and meet the Tour Tour number 2 group and do it all again. Well, hopefully this time without the disruptions that we had on Tour 1, but I'm really looking forward to getting started again. And I'll be back in two weeks time with another update and some new photographs to share with you. Note too that I'm also probably going to be doing some Google Hangouts to share some of the participants photos with you too in the coming months, which should be a lot of fun and help you to see the tour from a different perspective from my own. Note that we are already taking bookings for the 2016 tours, actually they are now almost full so if you're thinking of joining us, check out the details on the 2016 tour page at mbp.ac www2016 and sign up sooner rather than later to avoid disappointment. Thanks very much for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share a link with your friends and if you don't already, please subscribe in iTunes or your favourite podcast programme to ensure uninterrupted delivery. You can find me on Google+, Twitter, Instagram now and Facebook and links to everything that I'm up to are at the top page of martinbaileyphotography.com so do drop by and take a look. I'll be back in two weeks' time with another episode but in the meantime, you take care and have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye.